Welcome to Thrive, transformative strategies for the new year. The CLA virtual conference poised to redefine your approach to success. Today, we unite under the banner of innovation, ready to forge new paths in personal and professional growth. Each speaker today brings unique insights to propel us forward. Get ready to explore innovative strategies that will enhance your growth journey in 2024. Well, I'm excited to be here and excited to share this moment and this time with you. I want to start by saying this, that every one of us shares one thing in common. It doesn't matter where we live or what we do for a living. It doesn't matter how much money we make or how much money we have. It doesn't matter our geographical location. We all share one thing in common. And this one thing dictates the way we process things, the way we think what we think we can do about things. This one thing that I'm talking about is our experiences. We all have experiences every day. Some good, some bad, some indifferent, but we all experience things throughout the day. We experience rest, we all eat, we all sleep, we all drink, we all enjoy, we work, we serve, we do all kinds of things and we have experiences each and every day. Through our time together, I'm going to talk about some experiences and how we can unshackle ourselves from the narratives that we've adopted and not even really considered. And I'm going to introduce you to five steps that we can use to enhance any area of our life. You can apply these five steps to any area and see amazing growth. But experiences come either to help us or to hurt us. I mean, the bottom line is, is pretty much that that the experiences we grow through either help us and support us or hurt us and are a bit harmful. Like growing to school, for example, is supposed to be a good experience. We're learning. We're learning how to process things. We're learning how to develop. We're learning new knowledge, new wisdom, new understandings. We're learning all kinds of things. But anybody that's gone to school knows that going to school isn't always good experiences, right? We have some harmful or hurtful experiences. If we've been out in the, in the schoolyard or in the classroom, things can happen that cause hurtful experiences. When I was younger in, in early grade school, I had an elderly school teacher who was of old school mindset. And she thought, because I was left-handed, that there was something wrong with me. That was their belief back in the day, that left-handed people were just wired wrong. They were of the devil. And she made it her mission to convert me into a right-handed person. She would make me sit on my hand or put my hand behind my back. And whenever she caught me doing something with my left hand, crack across the table would come her yardstick that she used to walk around in such militant fashion with. I never remember getting hit by it, but just the crack of that coming across the desk startled me. And I didn't realize until decades later the impact that that put on my life. Because as a kid, you're thinking, well, they're the school teacher. They must be right. There must be something wrong with me. Fast forward a little while, I had always volunteered in class to read out loud or to go to the blackboard to write out a word. And over time, I started to get applauded with laughter rather than encouragement because I inevitably was reading things in the wrong order. Words were moving around. Letters were moving. I put letters. I'd write letters backwards or upside down. And I was applauded with laughter. So I started to step back in the classroom. I started to withdraw and not participate. To the point where I turned 16, I quit school. I didn't want to have anything to do with that environment because the narrative was so negative. 
And it wasn't until decades later that I recognized the impact that that was having on my life. 10 years after I quit school, I wanted to go back to school so I could better myself to, to, to provide for my family in a better way and so on. But I realized that that narrative that I carried from when I was younger came with me as I moved further. I was tethered to those experiences. I was tethered to those, those memories. And so I found myself having to go back and unearth those things to deal with them so that I could move forward. Because I found myself going to a certain level and I just couldn't get past it. And I realized that I was tethered to these things, that I was shackled to these past experiences that I had pressed down in my heart. I've just kind of compressed down because none of us want to relive negative experiences, right? We want to live in the moment. We want to be happy. We want to feel good. And whenever these things start to come up, we just shove them back down. We just ignore them. We just push them back away. And so I found myself doing that over and over again until I got to the place where I began to ask why. If anybody's been around an infant or a younger, a younger child, you'll get bombarded with why questions. Why? Because they're curious. They want to know how things work and how they operate and why you do things. And we, as we get older, stop doing that. We stop challenging things. We just accept the narrative. We accept the, the, the voices. We accept the, the conversation. We accept the dialogues that run through our mind. And we, we don't challenge them anymore. We don't say, well, why do I think this way? Why do I process this thing? Why do I keep running up to the same ceiling all the time in my career or with my finances? Why is there always so much more month left at the end of my money? Well, we don't challenge these things. But asking why questions is the simplest way to break it down, kind of like an onion. It just peels back the layers. I had a mentor that said to me one time, he said, ask why questions while you're studying and preparing for a talk until there's no more why. Until there's no more, you get to the bottom of it, and then you're ready to teach. Then you're ready to share. But so often we're afraid to ask the why questions because stuff starts to come up, and we don't want to deal with it. I want to encourage us to look at ways that we can rewrite the narrative that we've embraced for so many years. That we can rewrite our story. Imagine if you could sit back and rewrite your story. If you could rewrite the future. If you could rewrite where you're going. What kind of adventures would you bring in? How would you serve? How would you communicate? How would you get involved? So looking at how we can rewrite this story is the best way. And the best way to do it is to start by asking why. I like asking why questions because it goes in to the, to the heart of it, right? We, we are conditioned to think in threes, right? Because we know we have a past, a present, and a future. And so we're conditioned to think on those threes. So if I asked you why you like pizza or why you don't like pizza, you could give me three reasons right off the top of your head. But if I said, give me five reasons, you'd have to think a little bit harder. You have to go a little bit deeper. It's kind of like an experience I had just recently. I was having a problem with one of my molars. And so I brought it up at, at the, when I was getting my teeth cleaned one time and I told the hygienist what was going on. And she had a look and she said, well, there's nothing really there. She said, so try this and that. She gave me a couple of new practices to try and, and it helped. It got me through it. But then all of a sudden it started getting more painful again and more sensitive, right? Because I just kind of pushed it down. I just kind of ignored it. And I just continued on and it started to get a little bit sore, a little bit more sensitive. Now it's sensitive to cold, it's sensitive to hot. And I did what any young uh, red-blooded man would do. I just put it off. I just ignored it. Think it'll go away. It'll take care of itself, right? We're all guilty of that kind of stuff. It's just ignore it. It'll go away, right? Just put our head down. It's not there. 
but it got progressively worse. And of course, it flared up the most over a weekend when I couldn't do anything about it. So I had to put up with it for a weekend. Monday morning, I called the dentist and I said, this is what's going on. They said, we just had a cancellation. Can you come in? I said, yes, I'm there. And I went in, brought the dentist up to speed as to what was going on. And he said, all right, sit back in the chair. Let's have a look. And so he poked around and he said, I don't see anything visibly. He said, let's take an x-ray. Let's go in a little bit deeper just to see if there's something going on internal that we can't see. So they did an x-ray, it came back, it, there was nothing there. So he put me back in the chair. This time he took the butt end of his little mirror stick, you know, the mirror that they put around in your mouth. He took the butt end and he tapped the molar beside the one that I was complaining about. He said, is there any problems there? I said, no, there's no, no issues there. He tapped the one in front of it. And I said, he said, any problems there? I said, no, I said, it's no pain. He hit the tooth that I was complaining about. He may as well used a hammer to hit that tooth because it shot the pain up through my face. And it shocked me so badly that my feet kicked up off of the chair that I was sitting in. I never realized until that moment that the nerves in our teeth are connected to our feet. But I discovered it that day. And I say that to say this, that when we have bad experiences, when we've accepted narratives, we tend to push those things down. But that pain, the, 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 the consequence of that, the effects of it can come up in other areas of our life when we least expect it. We could be in a conversation uh, you know, with, with a friend and then they say something and it just kind of sets us off. Or we might be upset with a boss or with a client and we take it out on our kid or our partner. Right? We can see things come up in ways that we don't expect it to. So dealing with things is a very important thing to remember to do. And I like to look at it, we, we have a past, a present, and a future. But if we look at, at a bigger view, I like looking at things at a bigger view, right? Because right now, where you see things is at a macro level, right? It's just the way you see it. We can go in micro, like my dentist did, taking an x-ray. We went in a little bit deeper to see it. That was the micro view. Now we can look at the meta view, right? The meta view is the broad sense. It's kind of coming back out. And instead of just seeing the, the house or the place that you're sitting in right now, you can see the whole region, the whole city, the whole area. That's, that's the meta view. And I'd like to suggest that we have a, a past, but we also have a distant past. We have a future, but we also have a distant future, right? The, the person that's suffering from, say, um, heart issues or high blood pressure, it wasn't the, the hamburger or the steak that they ate in their recent past. It was the habits that they had in their distant past that have now caught up to them. Same thing as eating one apple isn't going to change your future, but eating one consistently will change your distant future because we don't eat and drink for today. We eat and drink for 10 years and 20 years down the road. Same as the effects of things in the past will come up. And it's the same in our lives. Same with the narratives that we've adopted, that we've brought in, that have come in through experiences, whether personal experiences or family experiences, right? We've all probably heard the line, we can't afford that. Money doesn't grow on trees. We hear these expressions. Where do they come from? They come from our parents. They come from our grandparents. And we adopt those narratives as our own. But I'm suggesting that we can rewrite that script, that we can rewrite things and create a different narrative so that we can set ourselves up for even greater success moving forward. So we can look at things at, an, at, a, at a narrow view and just be focused on today, or we can broaden that view and look at, at the meta view and look at the distant past, the distant future, and see what's tethered us, what has kept us 
bonded, what has kept us in the past and not allowing us to, to grow to that next level. You can probably think of areas in your life where you just want to get up to that next level. You want to grow to that next level. You're like, why can't I get rid of this last 10 pounds? Why can't I get these X number of clients? Why can't I make this kind of money? Why can't I break the, the seven-figure barrier and just stuck in the six-figure barrier? We begin to look at these things by expanding and looking at them. So I want to challenge us to do that. And I want to introduce you to my 5X system. This is, this is the process that I use with my clients that I use in my own life when I look at things. And the first step is to look at focus, is to focus. The next one is to record. The third one is to plan. The next one is environment. And the final one is action. So let's look at focus. Why is it important to focus? Well, because we need to look at why we do what we do. If we never challenge that, if we never ask why, we'll continue to go on in autopilot and never really excel or grow in any area. It's only when we step back and look at things and say, why do I think the way I think? Why do I approach this situation uh, the way I approach it? Let's take money, for example, right? Why do I approach money? Why do I have this ceiling with money? Why can I only seem to earn so much? Why is there more month left at the end of my money? Why is it that I can't get past that? It could be the narratives that we've adopted around that. It could be the mindsets that we've adopted and allowed ourselves to believe and think that's keeping us from moving up. And we can apply this to any area. We can look at our relationships. We can look at our, our business. We can look at our health. We can look at our wellness. We can look at our spiritual life. We can apply these principles to any area. When we want to grow to that next level, we first need to focus on what it is, what the narrative is that we're believing, what the storyline is that we've told ourselves, that we've adopted, that we've believed, that we've been, that's been passed down to us, that we're now walking around in. It's kind of like when we go shopping, right? Think about a vehicle that you purchase. Let's say you want to buy a yellow pickup truck or a red sports car, right? You you begin to focus on on all the details around yellow trucks and red sports cars. And you think it would be really unique and really great. And then all of a sudden, what happens? You're, you're, you're driving along and, and you see a yellow, yellow truck go by. You see a red sports car. You see them in magazines. You see them on billboards. You see them in parking lots. You see them driving around. You see them all over the place. Why? Because now you're focused on it. Your attention is focused on it. Where we focus, where our focus is, the energy follows. And so as we open up that reticular activating system, we begin to see those things everywhere. And it's the same with any thing that we want to change in our life. Once we focus on it, we can begin to look at why we think it, why we process it, why we believe what we believe. So focusing on us is the first step in any area of your life. The next step is to record it, is to write it down. Once we start to think about the processes, think about the dialogues, think about the things that we're, we're sharing and expressing and, and, and believing. Once we begin to look into those, then we can all of a sudden, we can, we can start to record them. And now we've got data to look at. Let's take finances, for example, right? We sit down and we look at what we're spending on and what we're earning and, and what expenses we could eliminate, what we could do we begin to look at our finances and just kind of lay out the data. Do it in your, in, your, in your physical health, right? Looking on it and just saying, okay, how do I, you know, what is it that I believe about these 10 pounds that I can't seem to get rid of? 
you know, why is it that I bought into that narrative? Why is it that I look in when I look in the mirror, I don't see the the new outfit that I just purchased. I just see the extra roll that's around the middle. Why is it that I only see that? And we begin to look at the narratives and look at the stories that we've told ourselves. And oftentimes it comes from us, but it comes from outside sources as well. It can come from cultures. It can come from family. It can come from friends. It can come from circles that we're involved with. So looking at that and beginning to record this stuff is really valuable and really important. I mean, I don't go anywhere without my little journal. I've got a book. I carry it everywhere I go. And by the time I fill it and get a new one, it's all dog-eared and it's all beat up. But I take it everywhere I go because I realized over the years that I can't trust my memory to serve me well. Because our memories are designed to keep us protected, aren't they? They're designed to keep us safe. They're designed to keep us from these things. So as these experiences start coming up, what does it want to do? It wants to push it back down. It wants to pretend that it doesn't exist because it's too painful to open those things up and look at those narratives and examine them in any area of our life and start to deal with them. So our brain is wanting to keep us repressed, keep them down, keep them out of sight, keep them from coming to the foreground. When we record them, it's like we've bypassed them. We brought them out of the darkness. We've brought them out of the safe. We've brought them out of the from the hidden lines of our heart, and we've pushed them out into the open. Where now we've got the data. Now we can see things for what they really are. We now we can really examine them. Once we've got data, now we can see the truth. There's no hiding it in our brain. There's no allowing it to push it down into our hearts. Now it's out on the paper. So now we've got some data to look at. And that takes us into the next step where we can create a plan. We can't create a plan if we don't have any data. We can't create a plan if we don't have any information to go on. It'd be kind of like going to a builder and saying, build me a house. Where's your plan? What, what do you want? How much money do you want to spend? How big do you want to be? Where is it going to be located? What are, the, what are the, the design elements that you want inside of it? Unless we have a plan, we can't really move forward on anything. So if we take our finances, for example, we've got all the information laid out. Part of the plan might be just revisiting the budget, looking at our budget and saying, OK, we can eliminate this or we can increase that. We can decrease here. We could shift this here. We could look at things so that we can have more money at the end of the month rather than the other way around. So we can start with just a simple plan, just looking at the simple things, look at a, at, a, at a budget. Or we might need to take to the next level and go to the bank and talk to them for some strategies and how to save a little bit more and how to, you know, close things off or open things up or change some fees and do different structures. Or it might be going to a financial plan or taking it to that level where we start to look again at the distant future and start working backwards to see what we need to do in order to get to where we want to be. So we got choices. We could hire coaches and mentors to help us with spiritual stuff, with health stuff, with, with, with exercising and eating better. We can get coaches. We can get the, the stuff that we need. Once we have a plan, then we know what we need to do. We know what we need to get. We know we, who we need to bring into our lives. And it makes it easier when we go to events, when we, when we come along, come across things, we know whether it fits our plan or not. Do I need this new book? Yeah, I need this new book because it fits with my plan. Do I need to join this group? Yes, I need to join this group because it fits with my plan. And so once we've got the plan in place, then we're ready to go to the next level, which is setting up our environment. So often we fail moving forward 
to rewrite the narrative because we don't set our environment up. We don't set it up conducive to the success that we want. We just carry on with usual. We say, okay, I've got my plan, but we don't set the environment up to, to, to conduct the success that we're really looking for. So if we go back to the money issue, we can say, okay, I've got the plan, but now I'm still, I'm still buying the things that I was buying before. I'm still spending you know, fervently. I'm still doing the different things. I haven't set up my environment in a way that's conducive for the success that I want. Same with eating habits. If we want to change our eating habits, get rid of that extra 10 pounds, we know we need to change our diet. We know we need to change the way we eat. So unless we change the environment in our kitchen, we're not going to be successful in losing that 10 pounds. Because if it's just as easy to reach for those chips and the cookies and the sodas and everything else, then we're not going to be setting ourselves up for success. We need to eliminate those things. I ran a renovation construction company for 30 years, and I would work with young entrepreneurs that were starting their own businesses and wanted to step out. And I would go on site with them. And almost inevitably, the first thing I would have to do is say, clean up your environment. You've got a plan. You know what you bought this house for, or you know why you're, you're here to, to do this particular thing on this, this project and this home, but your environment is not set up for success got debris from the demolition you've got new material coming in you've got tools laying all over the place you got stuff scattered and there's no safe place to walk move or work so the first thing i always said was if you want to be successful you've got to have a, an environment that's set up for success so considering your environment is a is a, an important element to getting to that next level and rewriting and keeping that script written in the way that will keep moving you forward I like exercising, right? Exercise, we can come up with a million excuses of why we can't exercise, why we can't do it now, why we have to wait till tomorrow, why it's, I can't find this, I can't get this. Eliminate all those excuses. Have your stuff ready to go. My exercise stuff is, is hanging up in my bathroom. So when I get up in the mornings, I get dressed, I'm right in there, ready to go work out. Your time might be the end of the day. Have the gym bag in the car, have it in your office, have it at the side door, have it ready to go so that you know, there's no excuses. It's setting up the environment. Then once we got the environment set up, it's action. It's taking consistent action. Without taking consistent action, we're not going to enjoy the success. We're not going to rewrite that narrative. Kind of like eating that apple. Eating one apple isn't going to change our health. Eating one a day will change things, change the trajectory going down the road. So having, uh, taking action is an important step to do it consistently. Inconsistent action is no action. Consistent action is the action that we want to take towards any area of our life in, in creating the habits. It's, it's argued over how many days and how long it takes to form a habit. But realistically, it takes 60 to 100 days to really form a habit, to really get it in deep. So I want to encourage you to continue this process. You can apply this to any area of your life and it will help you to rewrite the script, rewrite the narrative so that you can enjoy the success, enjoy the greatness that you want it to be. If you follow this process, you will enjoy a new narrative. You can write, rewrite the script of your life and you can enjoy a new sense of freedom in your life and in your business. Others have done it and you can too. 
So I want to encourage you as you move forward. And I want to encourage you to reach out to me. You can reach me at jimh360.com. We can carry this conversation on. I'd love to hear how I could support you moving forward and see if there's a way we could work together. I look forward to chatting with you real soon. Thank you for engaging with this session of Thrive. As we continue with our next speaker, remember the insights and strategies shared are steps towards your transformative journey this year. Stay connected for more empowering talks. The Connected Leaders Academy is committed to your ongoing journey of growth and excellence. Remember, this journey is just beginning. Let's keep the momentum going. Join our community at www.connectedleadersacademy.com.